Hey out there to all people, and diva actors. This is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is the guy that walks into whoever's house he feels like, Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland? Oh, Brandon. I'm doing all right. Man, I got a story to tell about that one, but we ain't got time for that shit today. (laughs) No, we don't, because we have a guest here with us today. Once again, for uh, some might say uh, too many times, Troy. How are you doing, Troy? Um, I'm I'm all right. Yeah, thanks for that lovely intro. <laughs> now, Troy, we love having you here. That's true. That is why you are here again. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm joining the five timers club. I thought it was six. Was this is this six? I don't even know. I've anymore. lost track. <laughs> <laughs> They've all been so great. I don't even know. So, Troy, Troy, it's been a little while since you've been on the show, and there was a hurricane over where you're at. How are you? How are you doing? How are you surviving oh over there? Oh my gosh. Um. All right. So here's the quick update. Um. Last time I was on, you guys were like, "Oh, Troy, come back for season three. And then, um, around the time when we were getting ready to, oh, maybe I should do an episode for season three. Um, I got COVID. Oh man. Um. When, so that was a fun month. And then once COVID was over. <laughs> And I could like breathe and talk again. I was like, oh yeah, I guess I should I should do an episode. Season three is just about to end. Oh, a fucking hurricane's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Hurricane so, fucking ravaged Florida. Were you like, were you okay? Um, no, I died. I knew it. I knew it, Brandon. Oh, I told you this man. was gonna happen. Oh, I'm, yeah, you called it. I'm so dedicated to your show. I'm beyond the grave. <laughs> I don't want to put all the blame on your misfortunes on season three of Goosebumps, but it probably didn't help. Thanks, Arlstein. <laughs> oh, he cursed me. I gotta say though, I'm glad you're healthy and you, uh, you know, your house is intact and all that good stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm probably like an hour's drive from where it was just like total devastation. Ugh. You know, there's still like trees and like foliage just like on the road waiting to get picked up and shit um it's crazy i'm too far north for hurricanes so i don't have to worry about that shit but i can't even imagine you get snowstorms yeah but they haven't been that bad lately like the last couple of years it's because there's one year where like i couldn't even get into my car the snow drift was so high that hasn't happened in a while though like we get one good snow and that's about it i grew up in new hampshire so i know what that's like Brandon's living over there. He just has to worry about the spiders. Everything else is fine. Oh, wait. Except ah, for the flooding. Got <laughs> floods and bushfires. It's like a flip of the coin, which one it's going to be. <laughs> it's either too dry or too wet. Oh, man. Isn't that Goldilocks problem? Yeah, I think it is, right? You can never have everything just right, Brandon. Everything has to be terrible. <laughs> well, I want what I want, Cortland. Well, you're not Mary Ellen. You guys ready to talk about some goosebumps? Yeah, I've been ready for about a half hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah me too i suppose let's let's talk about all right that shit. well let's talk about this episode which is cry of the cat part one i'm gonna ask you first troy what did you think about this episode i don't know <laughs> okay <laughs> um it's hard to um it's hard to really nail it down being it's half the story mm, yeah and i yeah welcome to you, our dilemmas I, I purposefully didn't watch part two yet. Same. Me neither. I didn't want it to um, like influence my thoughts. Uh, I thought there's there's some good setup. Whether or not it gets paid off, we won't know until next Saturday. I'd like to yeah. add to that, Troy. This is the weirdest fucking setup we've ever had for a two-parter, in my opinion. This is weird. This episode's weird. What do you mean by that? I don't want to spoil Like, it anything. is weird, definitely, but... Just, it's this weird episode, man. This is a weird-ass hmm. episode. It is. This episode, like, story-wise and character-wise, it's like, whatever. But I just kind of totally dig the vibe of this episode. It's a Ron Oliver one, that's for sure. This is a Ron Oliver-ass episode of Goosebumps. I'm just gonna say, I'm really glad that we have Troy here today to bounce off of, because my mind doesn't remember a lot of this episode, (laughs) so... Well, that blocks it out. That's a good sign. (laughs) Yep, yep. It's not quite as bad as uh, Teacher's Pet, that, but yeah, I just... Oh, God. Some of it I just don't remember, so... Well, nothing right, really well... happened. I think that's the part where I don't remember, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'll be able to help you out scene by scene, line by line, Excellent. remember what happened in this. 
Yeah, I'll be like, oh yeah, there was a girl in this episode. All right. <laughs> All right, so let's start at the beginning then. This episode begins at night. We see a foggy sidewalk, and someone is walking through the fog holding a tiny little briefcase or something. And it's not the same one from the intro of Goosebumps. I thought no. our boy RL was going to like cameo in the episode for a minute. That would have been cool. <sighs> that would have been cool, but we've seen the last of R.L. Stein. <laughs> <laughs> so long ago. Forever. I haven't seen R.L. Stein. Yeah. God, it feels like a year. My life hasn't been the same since R.L. Stein quit gracing me with his presence. Yeah, well, they stopped writing big enough checks for R.L. Stein to wake up in the morning. <laughs> He's like, season three? Fuck it. Nope, I'm out of here. Are there any worms? No, fuck that. <laughs> a cat cries in the distance, and the man, dressed in black, gets to a house and stands in front of it. And there's a single light on at the top floor. And he's in silhouette, and, it is and a it's like. Beautiful, beautiful Exorcist reference. <laughs> yeah, it is just a wonderful homage to The Exorcist, which is appropriate. I've never seen The Exorcist. I assumed it was, though. God damn it, Cortland. See The Exorcist. I don't wanna. Dude. You it's, would it's get more references movie. and things. I like mean, in children's episode. <laughs> I knew it was an Exorcist reference. I just I've never seen it before. What percentage I've only seen of the once. Goosebumps audience in the '90s do you think was very familiar with the Exorcist? Uh, I'm gonna say between zero and zero percent. I know, right? Right. <laughs> this one was for Ron. He did it for himself. <laughs> Well, you know, it's on brand, though, because, like, Frozen Ghost, which he also directed, was very much referencing Evil Dead, so I love it. I love those homages. Yeah, speaking of Evil Dead, I just got done watching the first one, like, 20 minutes ago. There's gonna be another new one, I believe. Evil yeah, Dead Rise. there is. Yeah, it's cool. I like Evil Dead. Even I never I... saw the 2013 one. Wait, wait, wait. Is the next Evil Dead gonna be without Bruce Campbell in it? Correct. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> he's had his run man no how about okay. that no <laughs> <laughs> on one hand i'm like yeah we don't need to you know bring out bruce campbell trot him in front of the camera again he's old and he's he's done it before but on the other hand it's like if not him then what is the evil dead like what is that franchise well they just had um ash versus the evil dead the tv show so like yeah i don't know Whatever. What are we talking about? Goosebumps? I don't know. Oh, the You're going to have to cut out all this. <laughs> no, I'm not cutting all of it. Yeah. All right. Um, the guy approaches the house as the cat's cries turn to growls, and he knocks on the door. A teenage boy and girl answer, and he says, You called for me. I don't know what that accent was. Not yours, his. It, it's yeah. Ger German Sylvanian. Oh, okay. She says, Are you Dr. Mason? And he tells her, Yes. I am the pet exorcist. The girl explains that it started about two weeks ago. Her cat Fluffy ran out into the street and the garbage truck didn't see her. Mm, we just saw that last last episode. Yeah. Except it was a mailman. Mr. Chesney's got a new job, Cortland. <laughs> now he runs over animals instead of children. Somebody take his license away. What a great way to start an episode. Hey kids, this is about a dead pet. <laughs> A little trauma for you, no big deal. She continues that later that night, after Fluffy died, they heard noises downstairs and they found milk on the ground. The exorcist asks how they knew it was Fluffy, and the boy says that she left her footprints in the milk. Mm. They followed the footprints into the cupboard, and they found Fluffy's favorite bowl broken in two. Open and shut case. <laughs> It's really difficult to leave footprints in milk. This is not a Zebo situation where he's walking <laughs> in chocolate pudding. Like, milk is a liquid. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. I get it. He was wearing size three shoes. You can <laughs> tell from the milk. The three of them now approach a room at the end of the hall upstairs. The kids say that was Fluffy's favorite room. I do have to add, Brandon, as they're walking yeah. up the stairs, the camera looks over at a picture of the two kids with the cat. They fucking loved this cat. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was a prominent member of their family. Fluffy. Well, they don't have parents. <laughs> no pictures of mom and dad. <laughs> right? They don't have parents. They only had Fluffy. Yeah. They were raised by Fluffy. <laughs> and also, is it me or do these kids not look like they could be siblings at all? Well... <laughs> <laughs> They are, look, these two actors, we've seen both of them before, they're, they're in other episodes. I, I really wanted to call this girl Julie, like, immediately, and I was like, I wonder why that is. 
and we'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, Maybe. they must be stepbrother and sister, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Fluffy, Fluffy just picks up random street children. <laughs> Fluffy, Fluffy went to the kennel and found two kids. <laughs> <laughs> this one's got a good mane on him. <laughs> <laughs> this one's coat's nice and shiny. I want that one. The exorcist tells the kids that he must go into the room alone. And he pulls out a bottle of catnip. And lightning strikes. Oh, man, this scene is full of that Hanna-Barbera lightning. It is. He holds the bottle out in front of him as he gets closer to the door, and he yells out, Fluffy! And the door swings open on its own, spilling out fog. I feel like catnip would be what you wouldn't want to bring. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Fluffy all excited, right? the same thing. That's like going, I gotta go fight Popeye, let me bring spinach to him. Right. <laughs> to I, weaken oh, him. I gotta go fight a bear. Let me douse myself in honey. <laughs> but what is, the, like, the bane of a cat's existence? Be like mm, a spray bottle, right? A, a laser light pointer, maybe? No, they love that shit, too. Like yeah, but you dog? can control them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah, just bring out a dog and throw it at him. <laughs> I like I like the idea of the, of the spray water bottle. <laughs> That's pretty good. The exorcist yells out, You want to scare me, cat? I am stronger than you! He walks into the room, and the door closes behind him. Then lightning strikes again, and we hear him scream. The boy starts to go toward the room, and the girl stops him. But he says, I gotta see if he's okay. He puts his ear up to the door, but he doesn't hear anything. He tells her, it's over. It's really over. <laughs> yep, he's dead. Suddenly, two grizzly bear-sized cat arms break through the door and grab him, and he screams for the girl to help him. And she just screams instead of helping him. Then he pulls on the cat arms just a little bit, and they start to spark, revealing wires inside. Hmm. The boy, whose name is Ryan, shouts, Larry! And now it transitions to a man sitting in a director's chair yelling, Cut! Cut, 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 cut! And we see that it's a big movie set. The director yells at the special effects guy for not having the cat arms fixed, and the effects guy complains that they don't have enough time. And I'm just wondering, like, why the hell would you use, like, machines and animatronics instead of just putting a guy's arms in some cat arms? That's too much work. Brian Oliver, this is all behind I mean, the scenes. that's how they filmed this scene for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is all behind the scenes. Ron's giving us a look at how every episode of Goosebumps is made. And it's all annoying. <laughs> yeah. It's all a fiasco. Um, it sounds like Ron Oliver hates kids. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is he superimposing himself on this director that hates children? He's oh, not. Too bad he didn't play the director. Oh, I, I, I thought that. That would have been great. Yeah. Ryan tells the director that he's calling his agent. And the exorcist guy walks out of the room eating an apple saying, Did I hear cut? <laughs> and the girl, whose name is Allison, says, Yeah, for like the tenth time. Which is great because if... If that actor didn't hear cut, he just walked onto a hot set eating. <laughs> yeah, apple. eating an apple. Are we dropped still his accent. <laughs> the director looks all around set and says, "Doesn't anyone understand what I'm trying to say with this film? Doesn't anyone appreciate me?" He sits back down in his director's chair and he picks up a big sock monkey and tells it, "Nobody understands me but you." And then a crew person yells, "That's what." Right in his ear. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Why is the director a man-child? Allison goes back to her dressing room, and her agent is there trying to make her client happy with tea and low-fat fiber bars. Mm, and nice. Allison says, you can get me something. Get me out of this dumb horror movie. Her agent tells her that Cry of the Cat is a best-selling book, and this movie is going to make her a big star. Allison goes, good, then maybe I can get a real dressing room instead of this shoebox. Which is like... And that dressing room is fucking huge. Yeah, she's brought like all... <laughs> I've never been in the position to have a dressing room, but it's like a small apartment. Look, Brandon's been in movies before. Did you have anything close to this? Oh, no, darling. My trailer was <laughs> half this size. <laughs> This, this episode. Her agent points to a shelf filled with glass collectibles and tells Allison, maybe if you got rid of some of your mouse collection, you'd have a bit more room. To which Allison says, what? 
ever. Who has a collection of mice? <laughs> it's it's, a, it's a so choice. my understanding about this, like she is a movie star and she does like a lot of movies mm-hmm. and stuff. This isn't like her permanent dressing room, right? So she just imported her right. mouse collection to every dressing room that she is like inhabiting at the time. Yeah, she has a person who carries her mice from room to room. All right, <laughs> okay. Uh, sure. All right. <laughs> She's just like I can't act without my mice collection. Yeah, it's the only thing she has from home. Okay. All right. She tells her agent that she's going for a bike ride and to learn her lines, and she'll be back after lunch. Maybe. Wait, to learn her lines? She hasn't learned them already, and they're, like, actively filming things? Yep. Yes. All right. (laughs) The script is being written as they film, Coraline. (laughs) It's Cry of the Cat. Come on. Can we talk about for a second how this is, like, the number one book in the world? Like, is that... I've never (laughs) read Cry of the Cat. I didn't know it was so good. I think that's Arl Stein just being, like... (laughs) And Cry of the Cat is so fucking popular. Everyone loves it. The author's like super rich and famous. I'm surprised they didn't say, they didn't say that it was written by R.L. Stein. That would have been great. Yeah. We see Allison leave the lot as two people in a horse costume pass by her and say, How's it going? What? And that's it. That's that fucking scene. I was writing my notes like, surely this is going to come up again later or something. But no. That's part two, probably. Ron Oliver's like, we gotta have that ten seconds of people in a horse costume saying, how's it going? <laughs> Not even hey, which could have been a pun or something. Just, <laughs> ugh, I'm so mad it wasted my time. Well, they recognize her, right? So it's further telling us that people in the studio know who she is? Well, she's uh, Yeah, she's Allison. She's right? famous. <laughs> That'll come up again in a minute. But, uh, yeah, I, obviously those horses, are they're gonna come back in part two, right? Probably a prominent feature of part two. Chekhov's horse, yeah. <laughs> they're going to be the ones to uh, stomp on the cat. <laughs> yeah, they're going to whinny and stomp on the cat, yep. If I was putting money on who wins between a horse or a cat, it, it's going to be the horse. <laughs> Definitely. They're monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Next we see Allison riding her bike down the street. She's going over her lines, but she stumbles over a line that she just can't seem to remember. So she starts pulling out her script from her backpack. She looks back for like half a second, and in that time, something runs in front of her in a blur. She hits it, which sends her flying in slow motion. Her script goes high into the air. I don't want to call a a child a dumb bitch. <laughs> no, we never want to do that, Troy. Go, go right ahead. <laughs> but who... Who reads a script while they're on a bicycle? Look, this is <laughs> this episode is way ahead of its time. This is just an allegory for texting and driving. Oh, wow, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every time, if you text and drive, every single time you're going to hit a cat. I do love right, well, so when the she... moral of the story is already done, <laughs> done and done. Uh, I do love the part where she flies through the air, and we get a little motif of the Goosebumps theme for a moment. I didn't even notice that. Well, that's the best part, so what are you doing? Well, I missed it. When she starts to get up, she says, Can anything else go wrong today? And then she looks at her bike. In the spokes of her wheel is a tuft of fur, and she goes, Oh, no. She looks around and sees a house nearby, and she starts to walk to it. The door is open, and she just walks inside. Um, okay. So a couple things here I love. Uh, Mm -hmm. She walks up. And leaves her bike just dilapidated in the middle of the road. She doesn't even pick it up and right. move it to the sidewalk. For right someone away. to hit it. Yep. She doesn't move it to the yard. She just leaves it right in the middle of the road. Yeah. Um. Another thing. This is why I like my cats to be indoor cats. <laughs> I don't trust them enough not to get hit by a girl reading a, a script on a bike. Yeah. And how does she know which so, house to go to? <laughs> that it just blows my mind. She's she doesn't like know whose suburban cat this is. Full of houses. She thinks she hits a cat and goes, that one. She doesn't even know that it was a cat. <laughs> and also, she doesn't know if it was a cat, like, if it's alive or dead, because she doesn't see the thing. It's just gone. So she's just going to go into Everyone a random person's house. knows if a cat house. loses a tuft of fur, it dies. <laughs> and be like, I may or may not have hit something, and I don't know where it is or what it was. Call the police. <laughs> what does she gain from this? On me. <laughs> uh nothing i mean she doesn't want to commit a hit and run i guess good on her but like i said nothing it got hit with a bike it's not dead right that's not gonna kill a cat 
No, unless you like run right over its spine. <laughs> I don't think. If the cat was well enough to run away from the scene of the crime, then probably going to be all right. The house is empty, and she walks into the living room, which has white cloth covering all the couches. But there is a weird sculpture of hands on the coffee table. So I love those. They're so creepy. I thought that was interesting. What? Why? But here's my question. What's the non-creepy like purpose someone would have those i don't know it's not they can't even hold like a glass or anything because they're just like spread oh. wide open right it's like truly just I, sculpture right i cannot imagine walking into any house that featured those and not thinking oh that's creepy <laughs> right i mean they're just sitting there on doilies. like if the rest of the room was like filled with sunshine and flowers and then there were those things on the table i would still be like oh this is a nightmare house <laughs> <laughs> It's ridiculous. Maybe they pick them up and they use them to scratch the cat because, like, all their <laughs> all their uh, furniture is draped in cloth and stuff. Like, obviously, they don't want all that tuft of hair that this cat spills everywhere okay, yeah. to be all over them. Like, they're just like, I got these plaster hands. I'm going to use it to pet my cat. That makes sense. I think you nailed that's it. That's what we're going with. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Allison looks out a window, and then when she turns back around, a girl is standing there. Similar age In to her, her own home? What? With pigtails. Yes, an intruder existing in her house. She asks who Allison is, and Allison introduces herself and says, You've probably seen me on TV. The girl says, No, we don't have a TV. Mom says they lie. And she introduces herself as Crystal. That's such a great line. <laughs> Mother says the TVs lie. They're those people. Are they like Scientologists or something? She's like, fake news. (laughs) (laughs) We only get Fox News Radio. (laughs) Allison is like, okay, whatever. Anyway, something bad has happened. Did you have a brown cat? At least, I think it was a cat. Crystal says, Rip? And Allison goes, "Uh, if that was his name, sure. I think I probably ran him over. And she has like a smile on her face (laughs) as she's saying this. (laughs) This whole scene's ridiculous. I thought it was a bit inappropriate. <laughs> so, I did hear that correctly. The cat's name is Rip. Yeah. As in R.I.P. Yes. So it's literally, rest in peace, the cat. Yeah, that's probably nothing. <laughs> Crystal goes, no, not Rip. Mom's not going to like this. She's not going to like this at all. She tells Allison, you shouldn't have messed with him. He's not like ordinary cats. And it zooms way into her face as she says that. Allison is like, huh? And Crystal starts pushing her out of the house, saying she's got to go right now. Once she's out of the door, Allison turns back and asks, don't you want to help me find him? And Crystal says, no, I never want to see that thing again. And she slams the door. Crystal's all like, fuck that cat. I'm glad you got (laughs) ran over by a bicycle. Done. Yeah. Did her a favor. Now I can get a canary. (laughs) Back on set, Allison walks up as the director is looking at some photos. He tells her it's pictures of an actual pet cemetery that they're going to be shooting at later that night. Hmm. She's like, oh, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> then they keep walking until they get into a kitchen set. He tells now, her, In this scene, the monster cat is tearing up your house, okay? He's already gotten to the babysitter, the babysitter's boyfriend, and the pizza guy. Now it's up to you to save the day. You're looking for a weapon, anything you can use. And he starts to go through the cupboards and the fridge and stuff, showing her how to look for weapons. Then he says, Finally, you look here, and that's where you find the spoiled tuna that you'll eventually use to kill the evil beast. He's like, got it? Good. I love you. Then he walks close to the camera and tells an assistant, I'm never working with kids again. Ridiculous. Is this how, like, it actually works? Like, they they show him? Never mind. (laughs) Okay, all right. No, this isn't how making movies <laughs> works okay. at all. Okay, okay. No. Like, instead of having, like, a script that they refer to, he's just like, okay, you're going to come in here and you're going to open this and then that and that. Okay, roll film. I mean, there is blocking where, you know, they would walk through things, but they usually do, you know, one take at a time. And they're This movie seems they have vary like, by the seat of its pants. You know, they'd have, mm-hmm. um, like, tape on the floor to hit their marks because the lighting has to be exactly right he's just got this larry's got this (laughs) loosey-goosey 
hey kid, you walk over here, you look around or something. <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna ad lib the rest. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody will take him seriously. <laughs> Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite child actor. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything we've got. We are just so thankful for you spending some time with us. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month over at patreon.com slash private island. You'll help support our show and get access to bonus content like early release episodes, behind the scenes videos, bloopers, and more. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth of Venice Tristan, Redemption, Preston, Lyle, and Eddie, the Silver Goth, Stephen, Mr. Normal, Matt, Lindsay, Aaron, and Brittany, the Golden Day Day, Sarah, Matt, Faith, Christy, and Angela, and the Platinum Bostics, Kathy, Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. We're all over social media. You can find us on Twitter at PRVT Island and on Instagram at Up All Night Podcast. We post plenty of content for you to enjoy from every single episode that we cover. If you're looking for podcast updates, this is the place to find them first. We've got a Discord server, a Facebook group, and more. For all the links, take a look at the episode description. We're recording our Goosebumps series wrap-up in just a few short weeks, so if you have any questions you'd like to ask, please send them my way. You can reach out to us on any of our social media channels, or our email address is privateislandpresents at gmail.com. If you're enjoying our show, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way for a podcast to grow, and we're closing in on 100,000 downloads. Once we hit that number, we plan on doing a really big giveaway, so stay tuned for more information. I'm frequently live on Twitch, too, so you can stop by at twitch.tv slash privateislandc and hang out with me as I play some video games. Currently, I'm live at least three nights a week, usually on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show. Aside from this theme, Dating Star from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks again for listening in, everybody. For now, I'll let you get back to the episode, and I will talk with you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Allison takes a drink of her water bottle, but then spits the water out. When she looks inside, she sees a big hairball. This might be the most disgusting thing I've seen on Goosebumps ever. <laughs> Look, Carly Beth actually ate a worm. <laughs> okay. Oh, this, like for real? Hair in a water bottle? Uh, that that ugh. it's gonna make me throw up. <laughs> <laughs> As we learned before, tufts of hair means the cat's dead. So uh, another one gone. Allison yells out, "Who put cat hair in my water?" And then she sees her fellow actor, Ryan, on the phone, and she dumps her water bottle on his head. What the fuck? She doesn't care about HR. (laughs) Yeah, he's obviously like, what the fuck? (laughs) But then he just yells, hair, and someone comes to fix his hair and, you know, do his makeup, whatever. Vacuum all the water out. Yep. (laughs) Back to the future style. (laughs) They are back to filming in that kitchen. It's dark and stormy, and Allison is looking for a weapon like she was told. The cat growls from behind a little kitty door. Allison starts to go for the cabinet with the prop tuna can, but when she opens it, a hideous mutated cat puppet roars at her. She screams and slams it shut. And then the cabinet just straight up falls on her. (laughs) Somehow. Larry yells, cut, and people come to check on her. Allison gets up and says, rips under there. Nobody knows what the fuck she's talking about, so she's like, oh, it's just this cat I ran over at lunch. <laughs> and the thing didn't even look like a cat. It looked like a hairless no. rat thing. It, it did, yeah. yeah. It, it did. <laughs> That's great. It looks like the thing from uh, Brain Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. Brain Dead? You mean Dead Alive? No, I mean Brain Dead. <laughs> we don't call it that over in the States, Brandon. <laughs> All right, well, you guys uh, better get get on the program no nope nope <laughs> the director yells at the special effects guy saying did you put the fake cat in the cupboard and the effects guy is next to an impractical looking animatronic and tells him no it's right here a pa calls for some grips to come lift the cupboard back up they do and there's nothing underneath allison is like this is bullshit i saw it it was screaming as it fell on me <laughs> 
The director comes and puts his arm around her, telling her, Allison, baby, you know I love you, but you need some rest. Go back to your dressing room, take a little cat nap, and then we'll shoot the scene again. They're not very concerned that part of the set fell on a child actor. <laughs> nope, they don't no, care. not at all. <laughs> Ridiculous. She goes off with her agent, and the director rolls his eyes and tells his assistant, All right, let's go. The assistant yells out, All right, we're doing some effect shots. Is that cat ready yet? They cut away to the special effects guy, and his animatronic cat's head pops off on a spring, and he goes, Five minutes. So, like, they're just going to clean up this scene and shoot a different one now, and then yeah. come back to it later? That seems like a waste of time. That's what you do. Well, they don't necessarily have to shoot on that that set. Okay, that's fair. If they're just doing special effects, you know, pickup shots and stuff. I know nothing about making a movie, Troy. This is why <laughs> you're on this episode. <laughs> yeah, you were dead set to have me here Look, today. Look, I knew... I knew, no- <laughs> I knew nothing about this episode going in, and uh, you picked a good one. <laughs> I'd love that it's all about movies and everything, even if it's irritatingly not accurate. Yeah, it works. <laughs> Which for you a think kid's people show. who make movies would know how to pretend that they're making a movie the right way? <laughs> Troy, we don't say anything negative about Ron Oliver on this podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I said people. I didn't signal him out. <laughs> yeah, you left it vague, but we all know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about Ron Oliver. You got me. Sorry. Look, he listens. He I listens don't... to the show every single week, and he's going to be like, "All right, what are my boys going to grace me with? Like lovingness <laughs> of this episode?" And his little Troy it's over his here weekly like, pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> Troy's over here like Ron Oliver fucking sucks. Goddamn him. <laughs> when he gets sad, <laughs> directing all those Christmas Hallmark movies. <laughs> Hey, he brought Lindsay Lohan back, okay? Did he? Yes. <laughs> Where is she? She's on a Netflix movie that Ron Oliver directed. I don't remember what it's called, like Lohan Christmas or something. Well, that's you asked. Where is she? Like he that. was gonna be like, she's right behind you. <laughs> Why don't you oh, look I forgot behind you? She was gonna be on this episode as well. <laughs> Allison goes back to her dressing room, but she starts hearing creepy noises. She turns around to look what it could be. And she's jump scared by Ryan. Oh, can I cut you off real quick? I'll allow it. (laughs) Did you catch the extras that she passes? Yeah, I did notice them. But, uh... They have the... I don't know why. They have the best dialogue of any extra. Alright, what do they say? The woman says, that part really suits you. And the guy says, yes, I really enjoyed it. It's worse than the fucking horse guys. <laughs> They're the most outrageous outfits too. Like he's in a gladiatory yeah. or like a gladiator style outfit, and she's in like a red flamenco dress. What is that? Like a flapper dress? What is this? I I don't know what. It's a frilly red movie dress. they could be a part of. I don't know. Like what. like she's dressed for like a western, and he is dressed for gladiatorial combat. And it's yeah. the most generic. I guess they're just trying to show, like, oh, we're making all kinds of movies out here. <laughs> the set is popping. We're not, like, in some middle of nowhere in Canada at all. We're not this in some sort of Goosebumps episode. MGM Studios, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan asks how she's doing, and he says, if you ever need to talk, I can give you the number to my therapist. <laughs> Which is a, a great little fake out there. Not to interrupt or anything, but there is a poster Again? in the hallway. I know, I'm going to do it a lot, sorry. There's a poster in the hallway that has, it's for Goosebumps, and it's mummy hands, and they're giving thumbs up, and it says, two thumbs up for Goosebumps. <laughs> That's great. It's not the first time they've done this. They did that with uh, the Masked Mutant as well. I love it. So, in this fictional world, Goosebumps is a fictional show. It's got two yes. thumbs up, too. Right. And Cry of the Cat, the book. Is the most popular shit. It's like the Da Vinci Code in the 90s. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and is a slasher about a cat monster. That actually sounds yeah, you cool. Can like, see I would watch, how that would go mainstream. I would watch a movie that was like that bonkers that they're making. I mean, the movie that they were filming and that they've been filming, like, it's way more interesting than the episode around it. For <laughs> sure. I agree. Yeah. I, I, like, I would just love to watch a movie like with a plot that stupid with 
homages to the exorcist and pet cemetery mm-hmm. give me that and it's like you got a high body count he's like this this cat <laughs> killed the babysitter her boyfriend the pizza boy like he's got fucking gorilla arms like <laughs> i, I want to see this ron oliver says no <laughs> actually arlstein did maybe i don't know i always wonder in these episodes how much of it is actually like in the book you know i'll read the damn books man no take I don't. 30 seconds no never or you spend less time and go to the wikia page for it i'm just yeah, gonna wait for tj to tell what me what it is on, on twitter <laughs> that's what i do he'll let me know when allison gets in her dressing room she sees that the whole room is trashed her clothes and furniture are all thrown about but most importantly her collection of mice memorabilia is smashed so now we know why ryan no not the mice we know why ryan goes to therapy he has anger management problems <laughs> <laughs> Pour water on me, will ya? Destroy all your fucking mice. Allison says, it's Rip. Rip the cat. He wants revenge. Ryan is like, um, okay. You sure you're not taking this movie a little too seriously? And Allison snaps at him saying, it's not a movie, Ryan. It's really happening. Ryan offers to go get Larry to help. But Allison says that no one will believe her anyway. And she slams the door on Ryan. Some time passes and she cleans up the mess in her dressing room which makes her a little bit happy. And she notices one last little mouse toy and slips it into her pocket with a smile. She's a weirdo. I love it. (laughs) She starts to take the garbage out of the room when she overhears the director and his assistant talking about her right in front of her dressing room door. She's taking a cat nap. They don't know. (laughs) The director says they have no other choice. The next morning, they need to call the casting department and get another actress to replace Allison. (laughs) Which is like, it's a huge fucking leap to to do that. For one incident. I think, like, yeah, she's been weird, but it's been like, from their perspective, she went out for a bike ride during lunch. And then came back, (laughs) had a piece of the set fall on her, (laughs) and then took a nap. (laughs) Like, that's all that she did. And they're like, we gotta get rid of this fucking chick. (laughs) She's so high maintenance. Get rid of the evidence, I guess, of the unsafe. The way she's not suing us for the set falling on her. (laughs) They gotta get rid of her before she gets rid of them. (laughs) There is another, like, thing on the wall that says Horrorland, by the way. Oh, man. Yeah, this is full of Goosebumps stuff. There's a piece of paper that says Goosebumps, too. God damn, man. Oh, I would. That's probably a piece of paper. Looks like it's a, a production um, schedule. Mm-hmm. So it was probably the real one for this episode. I bet it was too. I love that shit. Ron Oliver's great at putting all that stuff in those episodes. I love it. Yeah, Ron Oliver's great. We've never ever said anything bad about him. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's he's like you know what? Someday some thirty year old dudes are gonna be picking my shit apart, and I got to make sure that there's good stuff for them to see. I gotta make up for, like, totally trashing Tale of the Full Moon the first time we watched it. <laughs> yeah, you'll never be able to, like, live that out. Because, <laughs> I, like, I love the episode, and then when we did the interview with him, he was like, oh, I listened to that, that podcast episode, and I was like, oh, I'm sure I said great things about it. And then I went back and listened to it, <laughs> and I was like, this episode fucking sucks. Whoever directed this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, my magnum oh, opus. <laughs> the best thing I've ever made. He's very proud of that episode. The most personal story he ever wrote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I knew Ooh, better. Boy. I knew better. <laughs> Allison sits on her bed, and she's like, what am I going to do? From behind her, her blankets on her bed start moving, and something under them moves toward her. Claws tear through the fabric, and a wrinkly cat arm reaches out. Allison turns around to see it, slashing at her, and she picks up the whole bundle of blankets and yeets that shit out the window. (laughs) I love it. I love all this shit. (laughs) Then she runs outside to examine her handiwork, kicking the blanket. Nothing happens, so she tells herself out loud, I have to be sure, and she reaches out to touch it. When she's really close, Rip rips off the covers and scratches her before running off. Oh, shit. Cat scratch fever. It's immediately what I <laughs> thought, too. serious now. How did... Hold on. So she yeets that out the window, right? And then mm-hmm. she runs outside, and it's in the middle of, like, the road, how strong yep. is she? She just threw that thing so far. Um, I don't know. Man. She has infected by cat strength. Does she have it at this point, though? She drank the cat water. Oh, wait. Yeah, she just had it. Okay. 
She doesn't have the, like, spoilers for five seconds. She doesn't have the cat strength yet, unless it came from her with that water bottle with the cat hair. I don't know when she got infected. Well, she got... No. Okay, she just... Because she was acting weird... She doesn't have the cat power yet. Earlier. I think that's just her. When she grabbed that, like, one mice... Mouse... Toy. But she already liked mice. I was so gonna like say that wasn't. I thought she was gonna kiss that mouse toy, but she didn't. Unfortunately, <laughs> so we're saying she was just always a freak. She always yeah. was somewhat cat like, apparently. Okay, definitely always a freak. But but, but wait, she you gets freakier. Look, it's a house cat. It's not like it's strong anyway. But I just want to know oh, how cats are known for their upper body strength. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Like she wasn't on the second floor or anything because she was in like the basement and she threw it out the window and now it's like halfway in the parking lot. It doesn't make any yeah, sense. She threw that thing like a full thirty yards. <laughs> and Whatever. none of the none of the gladiators or gorillas <laughs> hanging around noticed that. No, no, there's also no like you know. Did she throw it through the window? Like, was there glass shatter when she threw it? I don't think so. Okay. She had a clear I think she shot. She opened the window and just yeah. Okay. All right. Never mind. You know what? Fuck off. We need to keep going. All right. Allison runs inside to put some water on her cut, and when she examines it, she sees three green glowing claw marks, but they fade away as she looks at them. The director's assistant comes to Allison's dressing room and says that they're ready to shoot. And Allison takes a second, but says she's ready. Yeah, she knows if she puts up any more bullshit, she's out. She's on thin fucking ice now. Yeah, there's no such thing as, like, contracts and agents. And <laughs> no. no, no. They're all that. just at Larry's will. <laughs> that was the contract. <laughs> I, Allison, am at Larry's will. That's a healthy one contract <laughs> for kids you know right. her agent really should have looked over that one <laughs> we cut to the set a guy is holding a tiny fish on a silver platter and larry says no 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 this is a 30 foot tall monster cat you think it's gonna be interested in this minnow i want a bigger fish do i have to do everything myself just then allison walks up he asks how she's doing and she says i'm fine i had a nap it worked the director is like, cool, anyway, for this scene, you're up in your bedroom. And he starts describing what she's got to do. But Allison notices a strange smell, and she just walks off to find the source. She comes back a second later with the fish from the silver platter, just as the director is finishing up his speech. <laughs> he turns to her and sees the fish, and disgusted, he says, would you like some bread with that? She's also chewing as if she's already taken a bite out of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, it's got like a bite mark. She definitely took a bite off screen, yeah. for sure. Allison turns to look now, and she just finally realizes what she's done herself, and she throws the fish down and then chugs some more water. Hairless water. water. <laughs> Allison finds Ryan, who is again on the phone just being a total diva, and <laughs> she apologizes to him for earlier. He says, don't worry, I know we all get a little weird sometimes. And then, to prove his point, Allison starts licking herself and purring. Oh my god. She's just grooming herself like you do before you yeah. shoot a scene. I mean, that's Hollywood. I do that every time before I get on a Zoom meeting, yeah. <laughs> Ryan excuses himself from the situation, and Allison says, what's the hubba with me? <laughs> a first, wow. We c- you know, I only included that because I just remembered that I forgot to put it in the episode. It's okay. It's, okay. it's like, it's now or never. <laughs> this is like the last part you could have put it I in. I know. I know. I have two paragraphs left of notes. We cut to filming the scene now. The director yells, action, and Allison climbs out of a fake window. Larry says, cue cat, and the effects guy hits a button. Which causes his rig to spark and explode. He needed five Larry extra yells, minutes. Cut. Yeah, the FX guy says, five minutes? <laughs> I, I do like the FX guy. <laughs> He's a good one. Yeah, that's that's a good gag. But, like, man, if they need to, like, rehire anyone on this set, it's this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, the, like, Allison didn't even screw up once and they're like, we're, we gotta get rid of her. But this effects guy fucks up every scene, and they're just like, it's cool. He's part. Of, he's in the union. <laughs> he's in the union, yes. I just gotta say, she is up on this roof. We already saw that this is actually, like, pretty high up. 
you know, and yeah. she's not in a harness. There's no safety harness. No, not at all. There's no, no. padding underneath. No. <laughs> They're no. just like, all right, kid, go put yourself in danger for this. Everyone goes their separate ways to do work, and Allison, still on top of the tall window rig with no harness, notices a shiny ball of foil spinning in midair. She starts to walk toward the edge, pawing at the thing. Her agent and Larry are yelling at her to stay back, but Allison is getting her shiny ball. She bends down to jump, and then starts to leap forward, and it freeze frames, saying to be continued. That's what a cat would do, so it makes all complete sense. She's quite cat-like now. Yeah, she's a cat woman, I guess. Cat girl. I was yeah. like, what's what's Spider-Man, but with cats? Oh yes, cat woman, that already exists. <laughs> yeah, that's the fucking end of the episode. Man, what the hell is going to happen? What the fuck is this? <laughs> well, that's the question, Corlin. What's going to happen? I don't know. They keep me, these two-parters, they keep me guessing. Mostly because, like, nothing actually happened in this episode. Yeah, not a whole lot, really, it's, if you I, boil it down. I feel like a lot of two-parters, at the halfway mark, you sort of know, like, what the goal of the second half is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no idea. they've introduced the, the problem, and they sort of have an idea what to how to deal with it. I don't, I don't have a clue what's going to happen. She's possessed by this cat that she didn't even hit on the road. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested though. Like I gotta say, I'm 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 on board mostly because I have to be. But right. Oh, you're gonna come back next week. I guess I'll come back next week. <laughs> oh, thank you, Corlin. See what all the hubbub is about. You know. <laughs> I may or may not come back next week. We'll see if you get a Skype invite. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be sitting here alone at six a.m. <laughs> <laughs> it might be the week I'll finally be like, Nah, fuck my alarm. I'm going back to sleep. Fuck this show. I'm done. <laughs> I do have I do have a prediction. All right, let's hear it. What do you think is going to happen? I think they might pull the old "this was a movie" twist. Ooh, oh, movie within the movie within the movie. Right. I'd be I'd be cool with that. I think that they're going to go full out Exorcist style, and she's going to be sitting there in the bed, and she could be like, "Oh, your mother sucks cocks in hell." <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, what I, I think is going to happen. I think that's going to happen too. I really hope so. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Goosebumps is going to drop the Cox line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's if, definitely. If what's it's any happen. episode of Goosebumps, it'll be this one. <laughs> the penultimate episode of Goosebumps, and they just went all out. <laughs> Ryan's yeah. going to be like spider walking <laughs> on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be the best episode ever. I hope we spend more time with the like the assistant and the special effects guy. Yeah, they're more interesting than Allison. I feel like like it would be nice if we did, but I I feel like we're not gonna. I feel like this is gonna be all Allison. See, like, and I'm even hoping like if if something horrible is happening to her, does it make sense for Ryan to be the main character for the second half to like mm. figure it out? Well, I hope not, because Ryan sucks. <laughs> yeah, he do. I kind of like how much of a diva he is. He look, he's a good actor though. I mean, uh, yeah. Spoilers, we've seen him before, and he was pretty good then too. Spoilers for the past. <laughs> Spoilers yeah. for the next like two. Spoilers seconds. for like three seconds because now we're going to talk about the cast of this episode. So first of all, we've got Allison, who is played by Hemil Ruscha, who we've seen before and talked about. Many times, times because though. she was in The Tale of the Lunar Locust from Are You Afraid of the Dark. She was also in The Haunted Mask Part 2, a little bit. Calling All Creeps, and now this. Yeah, I only do episodes of Goosebumps if they feature an actor who was in Are You Afraid of the Dark. Yeah, I know, right? I love that about you, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, consistency factor is great. Next, we have Ryan, who's played by Corey Seaver. Who, as Cortland mentioned, we've seen already before in A Night in Terror Tower, where he played Eddie. He grew up to be a beefcake. Yeah, he's a, he's a fucking smoke show. I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a picture uh, on IMDb where he's got, like, leather on. He's looking good. Says the two straight guys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> looking at his IMDb, he's di- he's got, what, 20 Christmas movies in the last two years? <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, about. that seems to be a path a lot of them, these kids go. Hold on, he was to. he was also in perhaps a Halloween movie called Pumpkin Everything this year, so he's, he's first of no, all. No, that's a fucking, like, autumn pumpkin oh. spice Hallmark <laughs> show. 
<laughs> for sure. Okay, well then how about this summer one called Lemonade Stand Romance? Hmm? Yep, that's a horror one. <laughs> oh, he's also in The Secret Sauce. <laughs> Another horror All right, one. That's enough of this. You thing. don't want to know what's in The Secret Sauce. <laughs> it's people. It's this stuff. I was going to say it's lemonade. <laughs> these are all people. just yeah, these are all just interconnected the um yeah the, the ryan sevier universe the the cory sevier cinematic oh cory sevier yeah oh i said the wrong name Ugh. you're you're kicked out all right, well, brandon we, we need to have a discussion we're gonna need to replace troy <laughs> all right recast him let the set fell on me <laughs> <laughs> well you didn't sign the contract all right, next, we're going to talk about Larry, who's the real star of this episode. And he's played by Arthur Ng. And Arthur, he's got some credits. He's got 24 credits on IMDb. Uh, he was in Forever Night for an episode. Perfect. He was in Johnny Mnemonic. So he's friends with uh, Keanu. Yeah, they're they're best friends. I just watched John Wick for the first time last night, so I'm glad that Keanu Oh, yeah, what'd came you think? On. It was good. It was good. I liked it. We're going to watch the second one. Yeah, that's the accurate way to describe it. It's good. He was an Animorphs, dude. This guy's went places <laughs> until his abrupt ending from acting in 2005. Yeah, his his final role was Mercenaries Playground of Destruction. Does anyone remember that game? I remember people talking about that game a lot because I think you could blow up like everything in it. Yeah, it's a crazy game. Uh, I guess the last person to talk about is Crystal. Um, Crystal was played by Pedraig... Pedra- Egan Murphy. Yep. Cla- yep. Nailed that. Uh, I've never seen that. And Pedra Egan has been in four things. She was in a TV movie called Blackjack before this Goosebumps episode. And then her final role was in 2003, where she was in an episode of Odyssey 5. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, Good job. That's, that's her career. Pedra uh, Egan Murphy. Yeah, no one could pronounce her name. So they were like, out, oh, we're out. Get out of here. You have no business being in show business with that name. I say with my name. <laughs> Cortland's a great name. What are you talking about? Oh my gosh, thank you. I was born with it. All right, well, that's the cast for this episode. Um, that's it. That's it for this. That's it for this episode. We're done. Next week, we've got Cry the Cat Part 2. It'll be super cool. Uh, Crystal will probably come back and like be like, here's how we kill Rip. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like we're going to get a little bit more Crystal. She was too like weird to not be back. Yeah, she's gonna be well, back. They have to address like ever. like Rip's backstory or something, right? Yeah, there's a reason Rip is a fucking monster. <laughs> you would think they are. I feel like they're not gonna. I think they're just gonna focus on Allison and her problems and fix that. And Rip <laughs> is gonna he's, he's yeah. not gonna be explored anymore. That's how I feel. It would be all kind of awesome if they established like nothing. <laughs> if they just. Or explained absolutely nothing. I feel like that's what's going to happen. You never see Crystal again. Ryan just takes Alice into the vet. And then they finish the movie. <laughs> She's recasted in the end. Ryan takes the role over and drag. <laughs> I can play every part. I'd be here for this it. This all sounds great. <laughs> My therapist says this is healthy for me. <laughs> I can't wait. Mostly because I have no idea what the fuck is going to happen. Yeah, well, we'll all be back next week to talk about it. Noise. All right, Troy, thank you again for being on this show. Oh, my pleasure. All right, I've been up all night. I'll talk to you guys next week for Cry of the Cat Part 2. All right, next week it is. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.